0: Welcome back to Trip Talk Tech. We got a super dope show lined up for y'all today. We're going to be talking all about what it takes to get to the league, getting to that pinnacle, that illustrious NBA dream, college athletics, being a student athlete, the good, bad, and ugly, everywhere in between with our honored yes, guests. Please help me welcome to the show former Phoenix Suns player, former Texas Tech. Pride of St. Vincent Pilates Tyreek Owens, man. Welcome to the show. I'm good, man. I appreciate you having me. Hey, man. And hey, look, first of all, I want to say thank you for taking the time today. I appreciate you uh, just wanting to be a part of this effort. Um, like I said, this effort is near and dear to my heart, uh, number one, because I've been through it. Um, and just, it's so many parents and athletes that go through this, you know, sports parenting dynamic that... Uh, again I don't think they you know fully wholly understand or right. I think that this conversation can definitely help just better have better communication in the household mm-hmm. that you know hopefully that athlete can again strive to what they want to do or if they really just want to have fun in the sport they can do that so right that's what this is all about. I thank you again because I think your perspective as an athlete, um, especially as an athlete that has, has accomplished many of the levels that a lot of these athletes are looking to do. A lot of the parents want their kids to be at this level, I think, so what you bring to the table, man, today will be, will be great for our audience. So again, I appreciate you, bro. Yeah, I appreciate y'all, man. Nah, no, I, I definitely look forward to this
1: because this is definitely something that I feel like is important. and. Like you've already touched on it, man. we've been through it. I've seen it a lot in college with my teammates, people I know, friends. So um, just a lot of different, you know, student athlete, parent dynamics. And, you know, you see some some pretty wild things. You see some really awesome things. So it's it's definitely
0: a conversation that really should be had. Cool, man. I appreciate it. Let's just get right in, man. I I think, you know, when I obviously I know you, I look at you, I see greatness, but I think also from a a kid standpoint, or youth standpoint, you know, everybody dreams about getting to the league, right? You know, either outside looking in, it seems like the coolest thing in the world, right? I, I want to get right. there. It, I got to get there, you know, or even let's say, you know, pro level is way, way out there, which you were able to touch. Uh, but even just division one athletics or just college athletics in general, you know. But the question for for you is, you know, along that journey, right, that moment you said hey this is maybe what I want to do or this is what I want to do did you mm-hmm. think that that journey would be as intense as it was
1: oh uh, no I didn't think that journey was going to be nearly as intense as it was and you know um at a young age I got I got a good taste of it you know I had a pops who introduced me to the game of basketball I started late in high school and when I got to the point to where I was like yeah this is what I want to do I had that dad who was like all right now start the training and all that but once you start there is no stopping so um you know when you're talking about the love of the game uh you're gonna find out at a young
0: age if you really love it or not hey that's a real good point you make you know finding out at a young age if you'll love it um at what point in your career did you start like you say dad introduced it to you at what Mm -hmm. point did you start taking the game a little bit more seriously and then i think the second part to that is when you did, what did that schedule look like? What did yeah. that, 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 that commitment look like? Man, it was, it was a grind for sure. So when I
1: first started out, um, like I said, my dad, he started with all the training and pushing me and stuff. But at a young age, you know, when you're young, I started at 13, 14. That's that age where you start wanting to go to the movies with your friends, yeah. going to the skate ring, going to see young girls and all that stuff. You know, that's when all that starts to kick in. But at that time for me, it was basketball. And at that time it was against my will. Mm It was like, yeah, dad, I told you I wanted to play basketball, but I didn't say I wanted to sacrifice my childhood for that. Mm -hmm. And that's what I didn't understand. And you know, my dad, he showed me a valuable lesson. He said, okay, you really don't want to do this. And you want to buck so hard. He said, we won't have to do it. So he took me out of training with coach Don for about like a month. And I was, I was cool. I'm like, oh yeah, no more training. I'm going out with my friends, having fun. But then after a while I was like, dang, I miss basketball, I want to play basketball. And now, when I asked to go back to basketball, now my dad brings me and now I'm in the gym and it's a different level. now the drills are moving different. I'm moving different in the weight room, but all those things happen because now I actually wanted to be in the gym versus my dad having to wake me up at six o'clock in the morning and be like, yo, get up now. I'm the one that's up at 545 waking him up, like, yo, it's time to go to the gym. And, you know, that's when that's when I started seeing, you know, the basketball thing really flip for me. And that schedule was crazy because it was, I had school during the week. I ended up leaving from public school and going to private school, being at Pilates. And so I had to drive to school now. No more public transportation. And I'm getting up to work out before school. I'm getting up. To do these workouts and now i've got to cram in four workouts over the weekend and now i have no time as a kid now i'm not going out at all now i'm going home and i'm going back to sleep friends are coming to knock on the door and it's like oh no nah, he's sleep, or it's like oh no nah, he got to go train in an hour and a half and it's like dang so my friends even my close friends at a young age seen that was like oh I'm reek serious about this and mm-hmm. so that was just one of those major things for me that's when i found out all right this is what loving the game really is
0: now like you said, you missed out on a lot of, you know, childhood things. You know, the mall, yeah. the, the, the regular trips, I'm sure. Your family probably went on a lot of fit trips and you yeah. might couldn't make it, or birthday parties you couldn't attend. Yeah, I'm still missing to this day, <laughs> still missing. <laughs> so how do you, you know, mentally, how did that really affect you? I mean, again, like you said, I know basketball was important, so you were mm-hmm. willing to sacrifice. But in the end, that sacrifice, some of those things you missed, How does that make you feel? Do you regret it? Was it, was it worth it? How did, in the moment, how did it make you feel versus now? Oh man, in the moment,
1: (laughs) in the moment we had issues. Me and my dad, man, we would get into it like, but I sacrificed a lot. And back then I didn't, I didn't understand what I was really doing. Mm -hmm. And it didn't set in what sacrifice was and what it really meant to sacrifice things until I got to college and then I seen like, now i gotta sacrifice my own time now i gotta figure it out on my own and in high school that's kind of what my dad was preparing me for he was showing me like yo if you want to do this and you want to be great you want to take it to the next level you can't have everything that you want this game this game doesn't allow that this game doesn't doesn't have time for that so like when i went to college no even when i started in high school high school i didn't have a high school graduation because when school was over and that prep school stuff was all that starting Summertime, I had to get a scholarship. It wasn't, it wasn't time for, oh, I'm gonna go walk the stage, you know, I'm gonna go to prom. I didn't go to prom, I didn't go to senior week. Mm-hmm. I didn't do any of that. I had mm. basketball camps. I was driving to North Carolina. I was driving down to Georgia. Senior week, I was in Italy, playing with the Adidas uh, at the Adidas Global Camp. So it was like, it was so many things. And during the moment, like, I'm mad about it. I'm like, oh, I, I don't wanna go to Italy. I wanna go to Beach Week with my friends. Mm-hmm. I, don't wanna, I don't wanna go down here to this top 75 tournament or to this camp. I wanna to go to graduation. Mm-hmm. Like it was all these things and my dad's just like, dude, you can't. Mm-hmm. Like, if you wanna make it here, you gotta sacrifice this and go do this so people can see you. And back then I didn't understand that. And then I understood it in college when it became college time. And it's like, all right, I'm not getting playing time as a freshman. I feel like I'm better than the guy in front of me, mm-hmm. but I'm not getting that time. And it's like, okay, teammates are hitting me like, yo, we going out tonight. Y'all got playing time. I don't have no playing time. <laughs> so it's like, okay, y'all going out, I'll catch y'all later. I'm going back to the gym. Mm -hmm. Because at that point, that's when I understood and I realized, it's like, okay, if I really want to do this, I want to be better. There are going to be times where people choose to do something that I want to do, but I'm not able to do that. Basketball doesn't allow me to do that, but I had that foundation set by my dad as a young bull. So I knew when I got to college that, I'm gonna to have to sacrifice a lot of things. I knew time management was gonna be a struggle. I knew, all right, with class and study hall and all that stuff, mm-hmm. there's gonna be times I had to pick basketball over life. Mm-hmm. I had to pick basketball over being young and seeing girls. I had to pick basketball over being young and going to meet people in college and all that. No, I had to spend time in the gym. Mm-hmm. That was my life at the time. That was my job. That was what I was in school for. Like, people go to school for, to get their education. I was there for that. But it's like being a dual major. I'm here for this. And I'm also here for this. And they need the same amount of time for me to get to where I want to go. And I feel like that's what a lot of people don't understand going in. And no. some people grasp it too late. Some people grasp the concept when they need to. Or well, don't grasp it, it at all. Or don't grasp it at all. And then those are the ones who, you know, you see, see it's like, on. those are the stories where it's like, ah, oh, what happened to him? Or, oh, what happened to him? Mm-hmm. A lot of things can happen and people just think that it all falls on the, the talent. It doesn't all fall on, no. it doesn't all, a lot of times it doesn't fall on all the talent. There's a lot of us out here with talent. A lot of times it falls on the little things. What are you doing off the court? And that's a great
0: point you make. Um, actually, we, we talked to another college player. They said exactly the same thing. It's the attention to detail Yeah. at that next level in each level that'll get you every time. Every single time. It's like attention to detail matters with everything.
1: It's like your coach, if you're supposed to be in help side defense, if they tell you to split the midline, you can't have one foot on the midline. Because if you don't split that midline, somebody's going to dunk on you. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference between winning and losing the game. Like Mm -hmm. just being on that midline. If your coach tells you, hey, you got to be here at nine o'clock, being there at nine o'clock and one second go by, you were late. That attention to detail being there is the difference between winning and losing the game. You being a half a second late to take that charge, that's an and one at the end of the game. And guess what? Now we lost. Yep. So, you know, it's just the little things, the attention and the detail. I tell people all the time to be at that level, the small things matter more. If they're, if they're looking at you, they know you have the talent. It's the little things. Like, what, what are you going to do to elevate yourself outside of just
0: being a good basketball See, player? that's a, a great point you made. Uh, and I want to put emphasis on it. If they're paying attention to you, you have the talent to get there. You have the talent. At that point, you need to start looking at the small things to get through because, yeah, you have their attention. But now is, are you the right person for the job? Right. Gotcha. And I had a, I've had a coach tell me
1: before, uh, this is a major thing for me, and this is where I kind of learned, like, okay, mm-hmm. off-the-court life, little things, attention to detail. He said, I see you guys four or five hours out of the day. Mm-hmm. It's easy for you guys to show me who you are when I'm around you. You know I'm looking. But he said, if I was to go undercover and follow you for 48 hours and it was 24-hour surveillance, he was like, that's when I'm going to see who you really are. When I'm not here, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. When nobody's looking, are you getting your work done? Are you treating your body right? Are you fueling your body right? Are you getting the proper amount of sleep? Are you getting all these things that you need to get done on your own? Mm-hmm. When, when I'm not here, somebody's not looking at you. And when he said that to me, that really hit me because it's like, man, we do all these things. And, you know, you have guys who say, oh, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. But I never see you in the gym. Yeah. You say you, you do all these things or you're this kind of person. it like don't but, add up. Like people can say, oh, I'm an honest person, but if you're confronted on all these different things and it's, it's showing that, okay, not being honest, not being honest, I can't say you're an honest person. If, I, if I'm going to say you're a hard worker, you gotta if I go to the receipts. gym 10 times, I got to see you at least seven yeah. for me to be like, oh, all right, you know, he really be in here. So it's just one of those things where it's like consistency, building, building the reps, building your consistent basis of life. On and off the court, a lot of people don't understand. Like it's all related. It all goes
0: hand in hand. I don't get it. <laughs> Look, man, you had a great amount of schools recruiting you. You know, out of St. Vincent Pallotti, and, and like you said, you went prep. Um, so I understand that re- recruiting process probably was up and down, right? You mm-hmm. know, some periods when you know people are on you every single day, morning, noon, and night, texts, phone calls, whatever and then they get a target and then you never hear from these guys again, right? Right. Um, that up and down for the, for the student athlete that, that out there that might only have one school and then that one school seemed to have just left and vanished out of thin air. What, mm-hmm. what do you tell that recruit of how to deal with that mentally, that process? You've been through it a couple of times and I know it, it's been a little hard. Um, I mean, my own son went through the same thing. Mm-hmm. How did you mentally deal with that? Um for me personally it's
1: mm-hmm. always just been about the work okay like that's something my dad instilled in me It was always it was i had that dad it was my dad didn't blow smoke up my behind and tell me like oh you're this you're that mm-hmm. my dad was always 100 percent real and honest with me if i had a bad game and i was missing layups it wasn't no oh, go out there and get them next time it was like yo what are you doing like you're not doing this you're not doing that you're not mm-hmm. doing that so but that being the case with my pops, I always looked towards the work. It was, okay, if I'm not getting playing time, I need to honestly take a realistic look at myself and, and dissect why am I not getting playing time? If it's this, I need to fix it. If it's this, I need to fix it. Okay. And so that's the, that was always my thing. It's like, okay, schools are looking at me. I'm, I'm not getting looked at no more. Okay, how do I turn myself into a sure fire recruit that you can't look at me and take your eyes off me and go so and go another direction. How do I? How do I make myself more appealing on the court? And this is something that I feel like a lot of young players don't really grasp. And you see guys like Bradley Beal when he coaches his AAU team, tell mm-hmm. guys and stuff. Everybody with the new age of the NBA and professional sports, everybody wants to be a scorer. Everybody wants to be a shooter. Like it's okay to have those skills and you know you need those skills, but you got to be able to take an honest look at yourself and be like, what do I need to do? to be the best basketball player that I could be. and mm-hmm. the NBA right now, how many people need a surefire scorer? <laughs> the, the NBA, NBA, is, got guard, one the NBA is guard dominant now. Yeah. The guards are our most dominant players in the league. You got players like Kevin Durant out here who are seven foot who can go out there and give you 50. Mm-hmm. So it's like as young players right now, mm-hmm. what do you have to do to see yourself in there? A lot of people see themselves scoring and practicing the dribble moves and all that stuff. but. Scoring is only one category of the game, and they only give the keys to, to a one or two people players. on a team to just <laughs> go out there and score. You see guys who are out there who are superstars in the NBA. Prime example, look at Chris Middleton. Yeah, Chris Middleton's an all-star. Chris Middleton's been in, in Milwaukee for how long? Yeah. And he's been a consistent Play a role player. He and Even with him being a superstar now. He still plays the exact same role that he's been playing. Mm -hmm. Chris Middleton don't go out there and and force up a whole bunch of shots and no, he get to his spots where he know he's good at. He plays defense, he rebounds, he does what he's supposed to do. And even though he's elevated over the years and became that superstar player, Mm -hmm. he still has that clear understanding. And you could clearly still see Chris Middleton is Chris Middleton. Mm -hmm. And he's been that. And he's one of my favorite players to look at to explain to people like, bro, you don't have to be the super glitz and glamour and and be super flashy to Just be seen. Do, what you do. do your job. Mm-hmm. Do what you do. What you're supposed to do. And mm-hmm. the people who know the game and and know what it looks like. If mm-hmm. you're playing the right way and doing what you're supposed to do, they'll
0: see you. Exactly. And at exactly. that point, all you gotta do is keep grinding and, and trust your work. That's what's up, man. Look, man, you made it out of a tough Baltimore basketball community. I mean, I, 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 you came in through an age. It was, it was a tough time doing yeah, that. No. Day, <laughs> it, was it was thick. Had, we, had some, we had some guys <laughs> for sure. It was thick. It was thick. Um, one thing I remember uh, just from coaching AU and, and just from a lot of you kids that, that were playing around that time, you know, it was real big, especially being from Baltimore, to be tough, yeah. you know, toughen up. I know mm-hmm. I used to tell my son, suck it up, be tough, D, you know, but I never thought about it at that time from a mental health standpoint. You, yeah. know, you know, what are you guys going through to be sucking it up from? You know, hey, mm-hmm. somebody this, somebody that. You know, constantly hearing that. And again, I know that's kind of like an over masculine thing, right? You yeah. Know, just men don't cry and all of this other stuff. You know, but being that kid that kept hearing that type of, you know, talk coming up in through that environment you know looking at it then and looking at it now obviously i'm sure it helped you to who you are now but you know can you kind of describe that feeling back then when you know is it people listening to me just shut up and go
1: like how did that feel that's a tough that's a tough road to navigate because i mean if you being if you're being 100 percent honest like back then we tell guys toughen up Mm -hmm. but in today's game you're not telling nobody to toughen up really because it's not as physical as it was so it's it's a little bit different now than what it was then. But like, yeah, it was hard back then when people were always telling you to, to toughen up and suck it up and go through it. Because it's like, as a kid, it's like, bro, I, I don't really understand what you really mean because I haven't been through enough to understand what it, or see or know what it looks like mm-hmm. to suck it up and keep it moving. Mm-hmm. So that's the learning curve. And we're trying to learn how to suck it up and how to keep it moving while it's all this fierce competition out here and you got to it's like you got to compartmentalize. You got you to put the feelings up here, mm-hmm. and then you got to bring the aggression to come play, and then you got to try to figure out how to keep it all balanced while you're on the court. But I think, honestly, I keep, I'm going to keep saying it, but, I mean, my pops. Okay. Like, my pops was the main. like, when that, mental, when that mental breakdowns came, like I said, he was always, he was always honest with me. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't have any, you know, false, really, like, false, like, Identities with myself of who I was as a player gotcha. gotcha. So it was like for me Honesty was the best every, everybody coming through and saying toughen up. It was like, okay Well, Dad, my I pop my, pop, my pop's not telling me my pops not telling me that I need to toughen up He's going he's telling he's telling me uh, yo, you need to do this and do this So it's like I know I'm tough enough now It's like my pops is the one telling me I'm tough enough to go through here and do this My pops is the one telling me like yo, and that's the one who's walking me through the stages He's the one who was pushing me through when I hated to get the game of basketball and I hated getting, getting up and doing the workouts and stuff. And he was the one pushing me. And then I seen the breakthrough like, all right, nah, you really can do this. So if he's, a, he, if he's the one standing next to me saying like, yo, you're tough enough to get through this, you're tough, you're already tough enough to do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's no reason why I feel like I can't go out there and hoop. And, that's the, and I think that's probably one of the biggest things. Like when people say out there, oh, go be tougher, go be this, go be that. Oh, you need to be able to shoot the ball. Oh, you need to be able to dribble the ball. Okay, that might be true. I might be able to need to be able to do that better. I might be able to need to be a little bit tougher, but ultimately, that's not, what, that's not where the game is won or lost.
0: Gotcha. Good.
1: Ultimately, the game is won and lost in the details of the game. People have been telling me I'm too small, I'm too skinny my entire career. Oh, he needs to put on weight until you throw that ball in the air and then can't no, you, nobody stop me. Can't nobody get to going. the rim. <laughs> like, I've heard my entire career like, oh, he's too skinny. He's skinny. He's skinny. He's skinny. Okay, it's fine that I'm skinny, but every year I'm top 10 in the country in blocks. Every year you got a game plan for me being down in the paint and your big man can't just post me up. Mm -hmm. So every year is, oh, he's too skinny, he's too this, but every year you got a game plan for how to stop me. So it's one of those things where it's like, the outside noise is gonna say whatever they wanna say, people are gonna say whatever they wanna say, people are gonna perceive and put their perceptions on you, but ultimately Mm -hmm. you gotta, Stand tall and stand 10 toes on your reality and what you believe in it Man, and where a, you see
0: yourself. Not to cut, cut you off, but I, I want to make point that point you just made. You know, people will throw their perceptions on you. you All know, the time. Thing, the things they can't do or they can't see that could be done within you, they want to project that. And I think that's a great point because a lot of times that happens, and to your point, I think shame on us as adults sometimes i think us as adults we put our limitations on youth mm-hmm. and it's like because i couldn't do it don't mean tyree can't do it Who can't do it so that that's a great point that, that, that i know will help a lot of
1: people out yeah there. man you can't you can't you can't fall into that people people are going to do that all the time and they're going to do that but like my pops, he, he went the basketball route. He had, you know, got an open invite to the Spurs at 18 coming out of New York when they weren't even giving people open invites like that as high school players coming out like that. And he turned it down, ended up getting hurt and all that stuff. But for me and him, it was never a, oh, he can't do this, he can't do this. It was always, I'm going to push you as far, as far as I can push you and then we're going to see what you can do. And my, I fell on my face a couple times. I fell on my face in college and my mm-hmm. pops was right there. Mm-hmm. And he could have said something and he could have tried to stop me. But all that's doing is him putting his limitations mm-hmm. on me. All right, cool, dude, you're going to fall. Yeah. You're going to have to fall. It's about how and, I'm a, and I'm going to be here to help up. you get back up. But we tell kids, tell kids all the time when you're looking at babies and stuff. Oh, well, he's going to have to learn on his own. He's going to have to fall and find out. You can tell the baby all the time, like, stop touching that fire. Don't touch that. It's hot. It's hot. It's hot. Well, until he feel that heat for himself, he's not gonna keep reaching over there because he don't know what it feels like. Yeah. So if you don't know what it feels like to fall because people are always babying you and trying to, and trying to rein you in, when you get to that level where it's really just you when you if you make it to that level where you're in those NBA workouts by yourself, ain't nobody there to pick you up. ain't nobody there to save you ain't nobody can't nobody <laughs> save you when can't nobody save you when you got a whole front office of exec, executive sitting on the sideline and you shooting shots in front of them? Mm-hmm. It's you versus yourself up here, and it's all and it all goes back to what you were saying. Like, people tell you to toughen up. Yeah. People tell you to be physically tough. Oh, don't let him hit you like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's one kind of toughness. But what kind of toughness you got when all eyes is on you and it's just you by yourself and it's only one ball bouncing in the gym? Exactly. Now, what type of toughness do you have when you miss four shots in a row, but Can you know you your job down. is on the line? So how do you fight back from that? Mm-hmm. How do you come down and you miss a wide open dunk in a workout with nobody in teams and looking at you look over the sideline and now nobody's paying attention to the court? How do you keep your focus and are you mentally tough enough to sit there and fight through that and be confident enough and be like, no, nah, I do this. Mm-hmm. This is what I do. Because I've, I've had that workout where execs were in there and I'm shooting and they're not looking and then I let it get and creep into my mind and then I end up having a terrible workout.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I'm looking at it and I'm like, yeah, I'm telling everybody my workout was terrible, workout was terrible, workout was terrible. Workout was terrible but then the team is still calling after the workout, like, hey, they we know. like him. So it's like, and it all goes back to what I was saying before, you gotta trust your work. Mm-hmm. Like at that point in time, in that exact moment, I wasn't trusting my work. Gotcha. But the team was still able, and I'm fortunate enough, the team was still able through. to see the fact that, yo, he he pushed the work, and he pushed the time, and they could see that, all right, I really be doing that, even though I had a terrible workout, and that's what, and I think that's what the ultimate thing is, like you wanna be able to get to the point to where like, good, better and different. No matter how you're doing, people can see who you are. And I think that's the biggest thing. That was one of the biggest things for me. People could oh, he's skinny, he's this, he's that. But you could always see who I was. You could always see that I'm that I'm the energy player. I'm the one who's going who's going to bring it. I'm the one like guys on the floor, I'm the one sprinting over to get them up. I'm the one bringing guys together. Like you want people to see who you are without good, better and different. You, you're having a bad game. Okay, cool. But I can still see who Tyreek Owens is. Mm-hmm. Oh, you having a bad game? Oh, I can still see who so-and-so is. I can still have an impact. I can still affect my team. I can still affect my surroundings. So like that's one of those things where it's like, don't get too caught up in the, in the hype of being great all the time, because that's a lot of people's biggest fall off. Like people, people want to hang their hat on making every shot. Can't nobody make every shot. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry might miss 10 shots in a row, 10 threes, and light you up for seven in one quarter. And then you look, but you're looking at Steph, and it's like, oh, Steph, Steph Curry is Steph Curry. Check out his percentage. <laughs> yeah, but Steph Curry didn't get to Steph Curry. Yeah, okay. he was born with some natural gifts, but Steph Curry had to put a lot of work in. Yep. So it's like people see the finished product, and it's like, oh, I'm here, I'm here. But it's like, I can get that. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta see, you gotta see where he came through, and it's like you gotta see what, you gotta see what he really bought himself through, and what trials and errors he really had to go through to get to where he's at. So it's like you can see the final product, mm-hmm. but until you understand like the journey that it took to get there, yeah, no. you never, you never truly, truly know how how somebody got there. Some people's journeys are easier than others. My journey wasn't easy. I have a homeboy, Adonis Arms. His journey was insane. JUCO, low major D1, then transferring to tech. Now he's on it, now he's on an NBA contract. And it's like people, people can look at it all they want to, but he's one of he trusted his work. He, bit down and he went through it mm-hmm. and guess what now he's at the highest level that it can be so people can say all the time people can look at you and say all these things but it's up to you where you're going to get to it's up to you what type of determination you have and mm-hmm. what you're
0: going to do when you step on this court well, like you said consistency man hey look if we uh I take it back a little bit take you back to texas tech days, right you guys go on that magical run last season of college basketball you get the game before the national championship game, the money game, yeah, <laughs> and you get hurt. I know that. I mean, all of us watching. Um, actually, it was crazy. I was in Texas with my son on that yeah. game. Um, I was watching that game in a in a. Buffalo Wild Wings, I think. And I got into it with a guy. He was saying the same thing, skinny, whatever. In the beginning of the, the game, y'all play, I think y'all were playing Michigan, maybe? Michigan State. Michigan State, mm-hmm. right before the game, but you came out, you did the valiant effort, came back in the game, just showing that toughness, uh, that, that Baltimore toughness. But mm-hmm. the question I have is, that had to have been tough, right? You You know, like you said, you worked hard. You worked hard to get to that point, I mean, Texas Tech itself that year was like I said a magical run a mm-hmm. comeback for you um kind of you you were you were back and then that happened yeah you know how mentally did you 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 deal with that get through it um back to now and just rebuilding and, and, and I mean you made it back to the Suns
1: from that yeah I mean mentally mentally I mean that was tough you know last game. Before that I'd never been to the NCAA tournament. So to get there and get to that point and then be in the final four and then I was having a hell of a game too. And it was like I was going crazy and it was like everything for me was just flowing. It was and it felt so right. It's just like, yo, you've been putting in all this time and, you know, all the seasons before, all the trials and tribulations, the ups and downs, and it's like, yo, you finally made it here. And when you made it, like you made the most of it. And then boom go down right before you know it's time to really really get a chance for those rings it was just like it was like man what am I like while I was laying there on the floor the first thing that came to my mind it was like no not now and it's like bro why me like the whole journey that I've had you know from high school and all so I I was literally laying on the floor as coaches walking on this is what I'm thinking on the floor and I'm like yo why me why and then the switch just went off in my head and it was just like Nah, we don't do the, the poor me, the why me's. It's like, nah, you getting up and you coming back out here. So before Coach even got over to me, I already made up in my mind. It went from, dang, why me? Why does this have to happen now? To, nah, you here. You done rolled your joint, it's, all, it's already over with, done. Yeah, you feel it, but let's go. you got another game coming up. And this is a game of a lifetime. Like, I'm laying on the ground looking around. I'm like, yo, there's 75,000 people in this, in this arena right now. That's crazy. Like how, like, how are you gonna really lay here and be like, yo, I, I can't play? No, you're gonna have to cut my leg off to tell me I can't play <laughs> in the game. Like, there's, there's no way, And you know, like, I went through that and I played on that and then to be a month and a half later to go to some of these NBA teams and do pre-draft workouts and teams telling me like, yo, if, you were, if we were in the finals right now, there's no way that you're playing basketball on this ankle. And it's like, at that point, that's when I realized, like, yo, okay, yeah, that was major, but it's like for myself, I really just—it's kind of like that Kobe Bryant thing. It's like, yo, there's nothing you could do to get Kobe to get off the floor, mm-hmm. even when he ruptured his Achilles. Yo, hobbling, yo, still get up and uh, uh, and still on a ruptured Achilles. Yo, you mm-hmm. can't even you can't, you can't even you can't even raise your your feet off the ground. So it's like, but he's still gonna get up and he's still gonna knock those free throws in and then walk off the floor. So for me, it was just like, and those are the people that I look up to. So it's like. You can get who, who am I to say that Yo, I, I can't get out here and do that because I want to reach the level that they reached I want to be the type of players that they are so it's like who am I to say oh, yo, I can't get up here and do this that's a limitation that I'm putting on myself mm-hmm. until I actually get up and and try to run on it again there's no sitting here laying here saying that I can't do it and so that was the mental thing for me and I think that's the mental thing for a lot of young people you know coming through this game and coming through the sport yo, you got to understand like you're gonna have some hiccups you're gonna have some ups and downs a lot mm-hmm. of ups and downs but You got to be mentally strong enough to get yourself through those ups and downs. And the hardest and the hardest, the easiest way to get through those hard times for me was just putting in work. Gotcha. Like, okay, if I feel bad about this or I feel like this part of my game is lacking, I'm going to go put the work in. If I feel like the end of the game is coming and somebody else is getting the minutes that I feel like I deserve, I'm going to go put the work in. I'm not going to sit like today's game. You know, I'm not saying we're soft or anything, but, you know, this NIL stuff and all that, you know, players have a lot more power these days, which we should. I mean, we, we put a lot of time in, but also it's giving us that back door to- More distractions. To like, distractions and to like kind of run from issues, you know, take the easy way out. Where like, when I was in college, yeah, I transferred, but I could have transferred from the situation I was in in New York at St. John's, but I didn't. I stuck it out until I graduated. Why? Because I made a commitment and I wasn't running from anything. Mm-hmm. I made that commitment. It's like, yo, oh, I'm not trying to leave here and we be in the same place. No, I want to be better than what it was when I got here. And that was, and that was my goal. Now, did we make that happen? Yes and no. Yeah, I about to but say, Ultimately, at the end of the day, the biggest thing for me coming out of there was, I set goals for myself, I achieved those goals, but the biggest one was I didn't quit.
0: Talking about college, uh, walk us through a typical day of a Division One athlete slash pro athlete, and if there's any difference in that.
1: Oh, word yeah so college you know you got the get up in the morning and uh you know weights and then you know got an individual workout workout to get better that's the that's the workout that you do like expanding your game where you want to see yourself grow um and you know get some shots up before practice and then we have practice and after practice you know we had 300 club which was you know the shots that we knew we was going to be shooting in games so If you're going to be shooting trail threes or pop out corner threes or, you know, pick and roll, lobs and stuff like that, you'll get a bunch of that in your 300 club, the stuff that you know you're going to do. And then for me, after I do the 300 club, I'll get my last workout in for the day and then I'll head to the house. So, you know, college, you know, you have everybody, everything's regimented. Everybody's going to be telling you where you need to be, what you got to do and all those things. But then when you become a pro, all that goes out the window. You know, ain't nobody telling you when you gotta lift. Ain't nobody telling you when you gotta eat no more. Ain't nobody telling you when you gotta work out no more. It's kind of you gotta get it, and I kind of you gotta get it on your own. You gotta figure it out. Um, nobody's holding your hand no more. So that's the that's the biggest thing and probably the hardest thing about being a pro, like having to utilize resources and and those things. So it's like, but the thing that helped me as a pro was throughout college, I, I met a lot of people and kept strong relationships with people that I met throughout college, and so. That's good. Um, when I became you know stepped into that pro realm, it wasn't too many places that I went in I wasn't able to make a phone call and get into the gym
0: gotcha.
1: or I wasn't able to make a phone call and find and find a weight room or find some type of recovery treatment uh center out there where I could get to so um you know that was major for me and you know nice being a pro, fraternity you can, yeah being okay. a pro is one of those things that like, you need to know like you gotta have some resources and have like people you could call to get in the gym because, I mean, gym space is hard to get nowadays, especially post-COVID and all that. Gym space is hard to get. So
0: having connections is major. That's what's up. man. back on that college thing, right? Being separated from your family, you know? Like you said, you and your pops was tight. I've witnessed that relationship. I Uh I know he's been there. Um, Definitely been a strong supporter of you from a pup age. how was it again, you know, being on campus? I know my own son, you know, Christmas time, I never saw him because it was yeah. Christmas tournament, so um, you know Thanksgiving, the season's just starting, so yep. you guys are yep. in yep. scrimmages, so a lot of a lot of the big holidays you guys miss, you mm-hmm. know mentally how did how did you deal with that? how did how was that like you know, year, over year, over year, you knew it was coming? Yeah, my freshman year
1: was freshman year was hard that was the first year of me like really being away from family like that Mm -hmm. especially being what i've been through as as a young boy like so everything going on like i I wasn't going far away from family it wasn't one of those things that was just happening so when i left i went to college and then thanksgiving we always get christmas is a major thing in my family i have a huge family so we all get together Mm -hmm. we do the pajamas every christmas and all that like we got the whole festivities and all that got it down games and all that stuff so it's like to miss that and be on the road somewhere freezing cold stuck in the hotel while you're talking to your family and all of them or having a good time and it's like yeah they're calling to make you feel better but it really's not making you feel better because it's like <laughs> dang yo, i i'm stuck here in the hotel and i got to play basketball and i want to be with family and so you know it's a it's a tough area to navigate but mm-hmm. um i was fortunate throughout my college career i have I've had some pretty tight-knit basketball teams where it was like family away from family. So being away on those trips, yeah, I wasn't with my family, but I always had teammates who, you know, we, we made the best of it. And uh, that's one of those things uh, as a, as a, as an athlete, you know, basketball being one of those sports that's kind of all year round, mm-hmm. you do miss a lot of those things and you got to make the best of it and all that. But also at the same time, it goes back to sacrifice. What are you willing to sacrifice to get what you want? Because me as a pro,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I still miss things like Mm -hmm. uh, this year my dad turns 50 and fortunately I can make it but up until last week it was planned and the plans I wasn't going to make it now Mm -hmm. some things changed and some things fell through but I wasn't going to be able to make it to that and that's a major benchmark in a lot of people's lives because my mother didn't get to make it to 50 so it's like for me to celebrate that with him was major. And like, mm-hmm. it was killing me that I knew I wasn't going to be able to be there for his 50th birthday party. And that was going to be a major event. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that things shook out now that I can be there. But that's one of those things that uh, as athletes, you got you kind of got to prepare yourself for because it's, it's not going to change.
0: And uh, it's not going to change. It's yeah, not at, at the end of the day. I, I think that's one that will never change. And, and again, you, you have to be prepared yeah, one those, that's, that's one of those. That's one of those things.
1: Like people always harp about toughness. That's that's one of those. Like basketball. Basketball is. Basketball is one of those sports. Honestly, football, all of the sports. Like, yeah, physical toughness is important, but your mental toughness is gonna take you so much farther. Important. Texas Tech, Chris Beard, his motto was. Four to one, four is the mental as to one is the physical. You got to be four times more mentally tough than you are physically tough just to be able to, just to be able to lace up your
0: shoes and walk on the court. 80%, that's crazy. So Tyreek, I know as a parent, you know, if I'm being a hundred percent transparent, I tried to control my emotions, um, you know, and and keep them balanced in wins and losses, Mm -hmm. right? And wins and losses, uh, if I'm being honest, probably didn't mean as much as my kid's performance being what I know it could have been, right, versus, uh, not today, son. I'm like you. I was never that I mean like your dad. I was never that parent that was gonna sell the rose colored glasses when I I mm-hmm. saw uh uh not today. Yeah. You know. But in that, I tried to in my mind really keep that balance like all right you might not play like whatever today or you might have played this great today but i tried this you know who i was Mm -hmm. try to keep it across the board right now if you talk to my son it it didn't come out like that and i I yeah for sure (laughs) i I just i just wonder you know again and and this is no knock against your dad but you know was he able to keep that balance and and if not do you do you understand kind of Again, emotions he might have been going through yeah. out of your protection. Yeah, so was he able to keep that balance? No.
1: <laughs> like, it's just so many things as a parent that I understand now that I'm a professional athlete and I, you know, now I'm one of those kind of like mentors and I go back and talk to younger players and I see it now, like see other parents and stuff. Like, it's a lot. It's a lot that you got to manage as your parent because at the end of the day, like, yeah, you want your child to play well, and yeah, you want them to win games, and yeah, you want them to perform at the best of their ability. But ultimately, under all of that, you want your kid to have to get a fair shake, and you want them to be successful at what they're doing. And so,
0: mm-hmm.
1: sometimes that could sometimes that could get in the way, or sometimes that could have something come out not as it's intended, but the message still has to get across. Like me and my dad, we've had plenty of times where like. A, it got to the point to where it was a, a time period where after games, my dad couldn't talk to me. If we lost the game, he could not talk to me. Mm-hmm. Me and him would literally sit in the car, ride home, Quiet no words. He wouldn't say a word to me until the next day. Mm-hmm. And that's when we talk, that's when we can have a full blown conversation because like me and him would literally go at it because my dad wasn't, my dad wasn't necessarily the best at, you know, sugarcoating it and mm-hmm. telling me like in a way where It's going to be like, nah, you was on BS, so I'm going to tell you you was
0: on BS. And it's like... That's difficult in that time moment, just because you know probably I play like BS. Yeah,
1: I know myself, and I done already heard it from Coach, and I done already heard it from so many people. So for me to have to get in the car and hear it from you, it's like, dude, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear it no more. I'm tired of hearing it. I want to go home, and I want to sleep it off and all that. But as a parent, he wants to tell me because at the end of the day... He don't want you to lose this message. He don't want me to lose it, and... He's also putting time in it. It's not just my time, it's just my energy being in it. And that's what guys got like. That's a good point. That's what a lot of kids don't really understand because that's we don't have, point. like, we haven't been through it to grasp the concept that, like, yo, yeah, I gotta go play in a tournament, mm-hmm. but who's the one driving me? Mm-hmm. Who the one that got me the shoes? Who the one that paid for the jersey? Who the one that's, that's the paying for part. the hotel? Who's the one that's paying for the food? Like, so all of these things are going on for you to play basketball. But your parent has to take you and provide the money for you to get there. So on top of all of that that they're watching, they might have other stressors. Like, okay, I just had to pour all this money to get you out here to this tournament. And, and you, you play like them. BS. <laughs> and you're not going out. You're not out here going hard. You're not. So for me, that's one of those things I had to understand. Because as you remember, I said before, I didn't always want to play basketball at the level that I want to play, I didn't love it the way I did. So for my dad, that was probably frustrating. Like, yo, I'm working, I'm picking up all these extra shifts. I'm working 20 hour shifts. I'm doing all this extra and then you're gonna get out here and not give it all you have. Mm -hmm. That's a slap in the face to him. That's Mm -hmm. a slap in the face to a lot of parents. And Mm -hmm. a lot of kids, when they're going through this process are gonna have those times where it's like, I don't want to be here, I want to be somewhere else. So guess what? I'm a BS it to slight my parents, but really all you're doing is slighting yourself. And there that's and that's the point, you know, a lot of players and parents point. get to at young at a young age because at the end, of, it's a lot of sacrifice on both sides that's happening. And so like, that's a great observation. It's, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to manage that. And it's hard to. So, like, when I was young, I would get mad at my dad and, you know, on the mm-hmm. court, I, I would yell like, yo, shut up. hmm. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm older, you get it. I'm like, nah, I, like, OK, yeah, I was angry back then. But I see I see now clear as day where your passion and where your drive comes from, like, you might have loved the sport yourself. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, being a parent, you want your kid to be the best at whatever they're doing and do it to the best of their ability. And so, if you got to push them to bring it out of them, you're gonna have to do that. And yes, it's a it's a tough thing to navigate, but mm-hmm. there's no way your dad is gonna be worse than your college coach. <laughs> Tell him again. Like there, Tell there, him again. There, there's no there's no way like. My, no yeah, way there's nothing my dad could have said that would have prepared me for what i went through my freshman year of college i appreciate that because i was because i was calling home like, i was calling home like yo i don't know if i'm cut for this like yo and my dad's like well what's going on I'm like yo they saying this they saying this they saying that and, he, and he's looking at me like oh it's just words and it's like okay cool i understand now I, when he said it's just words it's like okay I get what point you try to make because at the end of the day when me and you argued all the time in high school sure. it was just words mm-hmm. it was just us going back and forth we'd argue and guess what i was still going to court and produce and that's what i had to learn it's like then that's when i really grasped the concept like all right no matter what my dad is saying or whoever is saying it's not about how they're saying it it's about the message
0: exactly like you gotta you, know, you gotta get the message i always used to tell my son you know because again same thing coach get at him, mm-hmm. tear him down mentally, and then he would call home, didn't know which way was up, and that was exactly what I say. I used to say it to him when I was younger, because again, it was hard when I used to coach. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, ah, you're barking, yeah. and then he's looking like, well, dang, I'm your son still. And then yeah. it's like, you know what, at the end of the day, Listen to what I'm saying, not how I'm saying.
1: It. Yeah, and and then you gotta, you just gotta <laughs> apply that message. A lot of, a lot of players lose that, and they get like, oh coaches on me, coaches on me, coaches on me." Yeah, he's on what you. What is he saying? But listen to what he's saying. Yeah. Like, yeah, he he might he might throw a, a couple of mfers in there and all that, but what is he at the end of the day, if he's telling you you need to be here, and you're not there you need to figure out how to get there. Exactly. And then yeah. you're not going to have to hear that no more. And it's just like, it's one of those things where it's just a constant battle. You try and figure it out. And so it's just like one of those things, it's just, I always looked at it like, okay, cool. Coaches getting on me, they trying to make me better. My homeboys getting on me, they trying to make me better. There you so go. Anybody who's trying, you getting on me is, like, you, got, you got to hear the message. And I didn't really fully grasp that until I became a leader myself and I was the team captain, and I'm the energy guy, and I'm the emotional leader, I'm the one, like, when we not performing, coaches looking at me, and I'm supposed to go in the hard huddle and bark on everybody and bring our energy level up. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started learning, like, okay, yo, you saying things kind of crazy, but in the heat of a game, it's
0: you're time to trying, win. You're trying to bring the best Yeah,
1: line. like, we trying to win this game. If I'm telling you, if you on trash and I need, we need you to win this game. I need you to wake up. Bro, I can't, I can't come to you and be like, hey, bro, I know, you know, you got X, Y, and Z going right on now. or whatever, but if you could please, you know, please play a little bit. No, dude, if you don't get over there and sit down and play some defense so we can win this game, then, like, yeah, you may not hear me. And, like, so I've gotten into it with a couple of teammates. Like, yo, stop talking to me like that. And I've had to tell them, it's like, bro, I'm not, getting, I'm not talking to you any kind of way and I'm not trying to come at you this any kind it. of way because I'm like, bro, ultimately we all have the same goal. And if we are the same goal, I need to be able to talk to you However I can at the moment, the and best. you get the message. Because if I'm on trash, I don't care how you say it to me. You could say cuss it. me out. You could, you could drag me through the mud. Mm-hmm. But as long as the message is right and it's what I need, I'm going to hear it. And, I'm a, and I ain't going to say nothing about how you said it or none of that. I'm like, I got you. And that's, why, and that's one of those things that got me through so many stages in college basketball. Because I was always that player. Like, Coach, he's going to mother F me. Cool, I'm going to stare you dead in your face. I'm gonna go out there and i'm gonna make four plays in a row and then you're gonna be looking like dang he nice and he's like all right cool all right yeah he's playing now so i've always been that player so you know players people gonna get on you they're gonna say stuff be mentally tough enough to to take the message for what it is okay cool ain't nobody always gonna talk to you in a nice way because some coaches coaching philosophy is they get their team to buy into each other by making them all hate him so if you have a coach that then that's his coaching philosophy you, you ain't never, him. you ain't never gonna get out of that it's doghouse a, yeah. of him, it's of no, him mother no after relationship you in. There
0: Because his no. mindset is to make sure that y'all. He wants, he up wants to
1: get y'all to a point to where y'all all band together, and he don't care if it's y'all against yeah. him.
0: Because that's what he y'all wants.
1: against him is still gonna win basketball because games, and that's what he wants. So at the end of the day, sometimes you might have a coach who don't care about how he's saying it. He know that he's saying it to you messed up, and he know he trying to get under your skin. He know he ill, he, 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 he want, know it. He want that. That's what he wants. But he, but he wants to have players who can play through that. Good who can who can do who can be under that pressure and still perform someplace some coaches need that some some coaches
0: that's want a, that that's a great perspective man if i look back if you look back at everything on your journey the ups the downs the in-betweens if you reflect back on a relationship with your dad right mm-hmm. if you can say anything to him right now thanks what you learned whatever you want about your relationship over the years you know like you said you ran into your hiccups but then you at the older age begin to appreciate things whatever it is what would you say to them uh honestly what i would say to my pops is honestly
1: just thank you for being real with me and know honestly because like i see so many guys nowadays who you know they have this False perception of themselves, and it's, it may not even—I'm not even gonna say it's a false perception—but you know, you see yourself being somewhere else than where you are in the moment, and it's okay to see yourself being somewhere else as long as you have that understanding. Like, all right, I gotta, I gotta work to get there, and like, I always had that dad who was like, "Yeah, you could play, but like, you gotta put that time in." Or like, "Yeah, you could do this, but just know it's gonna take this to get there." Like, my dad was never that man who would set me up like okay yeah you can get here and then just leave it at all right you can get there it was always like all right if you want to get there it's going to take this it's not going to be easy he always told me like bro it's not going to be no cakewalk wherever you go so I'm going to prepare you for it now and so my dad was honest with me when things were going south and things were hiccups were coming and all that stuff Mm -hmm. my dad wasn't he wasn't the one that was taking it on his nah he was telling him, when these coaches were calling and telling him what they needed to see or telling him the, the bad I was getting the bad and it wasn't sugar it wasn't sugar and I was looking like oh <laughs> yo I gotta make some changes <laughs> or it's like oh yo dad how are you talking to me like this or why are you telling me these things and it's mm-hmm. like because guess what now when I'm older there ain't nobody to sugar coat nothing for me that's real when these teams are calling and saying that they don't want me ain't nobody sugar nothing none of that a team don't want me. They don't want me. Mm-hmm. A team don't want a team. If I'm getting cut, they are gonna cut me. Who gonna sugarcoat right. that? Yeah. I'm Good gonna point. get the phone call and I'm like hey, sorry, but it's not working out. We're gonna be sending you home tonight. You gotta pack your bags and be out in the next four hours. Who's sugarcoating that? Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody sugarcoating that for me. But if I had, if I had my dad, you know, sugarcoating like, oh yeah, It'll this, be this our, team right. does. This team doesn't want you, but you know, you're destined for this or this team. Nah, it was like, alright, this team don't want you, but bro. Either you can sit here and cry about it, or you back can go. Work. You can go get back to work and show them why you deserve that spot. And so it was. It was, and it was like, okay, yeah, you can sit here and cry about it, but there ain't no sitting here and crying about it. I'm not gonna let you do that. I'm gonna put you back in that gym and you are gonna work because we don't. We don't already sacrificed too much up to this point to just let it fall by the wayside. And so like, that's probably that's what I'm most thankful for. Like, my dad kept it real and he kept it honest with me and he and he kept me pushing. And that's how come I'm able to keep it so real with myself now. And so like. Parents coming up with your kids, you know, I would advise being honest, be honest with your kids. Sometimes, like, sometimes you're going to have things to say to them and you know that it's, going, it's not going to sit well with them or you know it might, it might tear them down a little bit. But there's nothing wrong with tearing them down and, and rebuilding them back up because ultimately me and my dad went through a lot of that. And by the time I got to college, there was no coach who could tear me down. Because at the end of the day, what are you going to tell me that my dad hasn't already told me? A lot of people's biggest thing is like, oh, you telling me to do this. My parent doesn't even tell me to do this. Or you want to do this. My dad doesn't even tell me to do this. Well, mm-hmm. you're saying stuff to me that my dad's already said, and I had to get over it with him. And he, if, if my dad done said it to me and it, it done made me cry and done had me in my feelings and all that, it ain't no way some random man or some coach who I've known for two years is about to say something to me along the same lines crush. of my dad, and it's going to make me feel the same. Nah, it's not. That's what's up. It's it's low key gonna make me even matter. Like, yo, (laughs) you're not my pop, so why you think you could talk to me? You could talk to me like that. You feel me? So it's like, that's just one of those things. It's like, honestly, it's probably the best thing to help prepare your kids for college, because once they get there, it is nobody who's gonna be. Nope.